just a side hustle. Uh, as many of you know, I have a personal injury firm in Orlando, and then obviously I also have Legalese Marketing. And the longer that I've done both these things, the more I get to meet other awesome lawyers who are running multiple businesses, whether it's two, three, four. In some respects, like mine and Mark's, our guest today, the businesses are very complementary. Uh, he has a title company and a law firm. Obviously, for me, a law firm and a marketing company go together. Other times are very different. But I know a lot of our lawyers, listeners, watchers, et cetera, my contacts tend to have either that passion project or that really great idea that kind of doesn't necessarily fit their law firm scope. And so I really want to have Mark on so we can kind of talk through some of those, you know, the balancing act. Obviously, solo lawyers, you're wearing a million hats. As you grow a business, you get to wear fewer hats, but then you add a second business into it and you bring back more hats. So I'm super excited to have this chat. So we called this PB&J, so two things that you know I think go together pretty well, uh, how to balance two businesses and succeed. For those of you that don't know Mark Brown, he is in South Florida. He has been operating the title company since 2017, and then also has a law firm that goes very well hand in hand with the title company um, as well. So while I'm gonna have him do a little bit of his brief bio, we'll go way deeper in his story here. But while that's going on, Greg's gonna be dropping uh, links to both of Mark's companies and him as well on our Facebook chat. If you're listening to this on the podcast uh, and you want to connect with Mark, it's Mark Brown, M-A-R-C-B-R-O-W-N. There's probably 10,000 Mark Browns, but he's the cool one. He's a lawyer in South Florida. So with that, Mark, quick, quick bio, and then we'll go deeper in the story. Sure. Um, I've been practicing since 2006. Um, so when I graduated law school, I was in South Florida. Um, foreclosures, real estate, that was really what was all going on. Um, I jumped back and forth to a few different firms through the years. I did a lot of you know foreclosure work for the banks for about six of those years. And then finally in 20, then in 2016, I was approached by a random email from a business broker uh, about this title company that was for sale. And I was looking to go on my own. I really wanted to try to you know have the freedom, the time to take care of things. I was having a new son born the next year and um, it worked out. I ended up taking over this title company for an attorney who had it for about 40 years. Um, he was retiring and, you know, the rest is history. I started in the January, 2017, and I've been building that since. And then now I've been trying to really build um, my affiliated law firm as well, Mark Brown PA. I love it. I want to go deeper in that um, in a little bit, but I do want to talk about our last episode. Our last episode aired uh, last week with Keely Herrick. Keely Herrick, sorry, I am tripping over my words today, uh, was a trademarks attorney journey to growing a law practice. Keely has a really interesting background. She actually worked on some soap operas before going to law school. So it's very cool to see how you can tie all those things together and bringing that into your law firm, especially with the trademark practice. Two things that don't seem like they go hand in hand, but ultimately have many similar skill sets. All right, so Mark, I gotta, I gotta paint the picture here. So you're sitting at a desk, and in comes this email, just totally out of the blue, like just randomly, hey, there's this title company, we think you should buy it. Yeah, I mean, I used to get emails from recruiters all the time, but it was always, you know, the same same jobs. And also it was from a business broker. I don't know if they were like searching out for this attorneys. And it was basically, you know, title companies for sale. Um, you know, and I reached out and, and you know, one thing led to another and ended up purchasing it. That's so interesting. And so what were you doing, like not at that moment, you know, going through email, but like at that time you were working in another firm? I had actually, I got laid off about six months before that. And I was doing contract work for um, 
a foreclosure litigation firm down in Miami. And I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. I was driving an hour back and forth every day, commuting. And at that point, I was kind of at a crossroads. And this came up and I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. Started talking to my wife about it. And you know, we next thing we know, we were, we were doing it. It's so interesting. So for me, I always talk about one of my biggest mistakes being buying another company. Um, for you, I think it's the opposite. I think that's been one of the uh, positive thing for you. Am I right? Yeah. So it, it's, I think one of the things that you know, led me to it was it was a little different than just buying a law firm where it was a book of business. Um, you know, the title company, the name was All Flower Title Company. It had been around for 40 years. Um, the owner had relationships with a lot of investors and clients who were consistently bringing the business over. And one of the things we even did during due diligence was met with all of them. And made sure that they were going to continue with us and you know they liked me and that was one of the things that you know sealed the deal that i wasn't going to have to start from scratch and just hope that you know past clients would send business over so i've got to believe that the the former owner definitely had a specific type of person he wanted to take it over if he's going to you know transfer over the referral relationships <clears throat> too yeah i mean he he liked you know when he met me that you know i was just starting a family you know i've been married for six or seven years at that point but at that point, we didn't have any kids yet. And, you know, he he liked that. He liked that, you know, I was excited to you know grow it. And, you know, I like the staff, which one of the things that stayed on the staff that was with me. So, he, you know, it just it was a good relationship. We went to lunch a bunch of times and, you know, he really took a liking. There we go. I love it. I know we, um, Victoria Collier being one of the most pro biggest proponents of this on Facebook, talking about that turnkey business, that turnkey law <laughs> firm. It sounds like you got pretty dang close to that. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was scared, obviously, at first, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, I didn't even have a lot of title experience, I had a lot of real estate litigation experience. But, um, you know, it, it really, I came in there. Um, from year after year, I've been able to kind of step back more into a management role and less, um, you know, day to day stuff, especially once, you know, the team that was in place got to know me and understood that, you know, I trusted them and they didn't need to, you know, really start again. So if you could mind meld yourself, excuse me, from right now to like day one of, you know, Mark Brown buying a title company. What are the couple things that like either you wish you knew or you wish you had focused on earlier or, you know, something along those lines? Um, I, I think that I wish I really focused more on growing the business at that point, as, as opposed to still thinking, you know, I'm just a lawyer. It's, you know, a different practice area now and, you know, going through that motion. That's one of the things I've learned from, you know, Max Law, from you guys, all these different, you know, marketing companies to run a business. And that I definitely wish I'd done that at first. It took a few years to really get to that point. What were some of the biggest hurdles in terms of that switch to business or the or the most important things that you learned to help you make that switch? Um, biggest hurdles, I guess, really trusting um, the team and knowing that they could do everything they didn't need to have me on every single file, every single closing, and also the clients that would understand I'm there, I'm a lawyer in the background reviewing everything, but I have a team in place that's, you know, they can trust and can handle, you know, most of the calls and everything that they need to do. So, and I mean, look, I'm, I'm a Florida attorney, but I'm an idiot about most things. I saw you guys had the very nice LinkedIn post this morning that talked about one of the unique things being, you know, being attorney owned and attorney operated. Do you know like what percentage of title companies in Florida have that or oh yeah so that florida is unique in that you can just go be a title agent and you know have a title company and um 
that's one of the things that we're competing with on a day-to-day -day basis. Because you can be an attorney and do title work. You don't have to have a title company. Um, it's a little different as far as what we can do with marketing and things like that. But I'd probably say about maybe half the title companies are owned by attorneys. Gotcha. And you know, when you have that, you get title company and you get an attorney. Otherwise, you're dealing with you know realtors a lot of times who and just have a title company like here go use this person who just took a class and now they're a title agent and i gotta be honest as much as i love passing referrals now when i bought my house i was a state attorney i didn't know anybody and i can't even tell you what title company i used to buy my house so yeah i, I mean that i mean that's everybody i know a lot of my friends still they forget you know that's one of the things that you try to embed in people look you want to have a lawyer working with you you don't pay more for having me involved or my firm involved, you know, you're getting a lawyer to review everything hand in hand. And for, I don't know, 99% of people, I have to imagine your house purchase is the largest amount of money that you are uh, putting on anything. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So talk to me about the law firm. So Mark Brown PA, where does that fit into this journey of you, you know, buying the title company and moving into that business owner role? So when I first you know, started, I, you know, I opened up Mark Round PA as well. And at that point, it was really um, referrals from the title company, people who were just selling the property. They didn't need title insurance. They just needed someone to prepare you know, their, their seller documents. They wanted an attorney to review the closing statement, things like that. Um, and that was for a few years how it's really gone. And you know, I started doing some landlord tenant work, um, some foreclosure work since that's what I had a background in. And then the last year, I've really tried to ramp up my marketing, ramp up, you know, everything to try to build a practice now where I'm trying to focus more on estate planning, probate, and, you know, some litigation, but I, I like the transaction work better and not having to go to court anymore. Even though now everything's changed in the last, you know, two years when you can do it all from your office anyways, but. That's true. I mean, I, really but I love that law firm origin story from the standpoint of you already had these clients that had this need that you could solve as a lawyer that, you know, separate from a title company. Um, but when it came time to grow the firm and switch into, you know, estate planning and, and the more transactional stuff along those lines, where did that come up? Like as far as the time frame, or just in- No, no, like what, what called you to want to do the estate planning stuff? Oh, it was a natural fit with okay. the title work. A lot of people, you know, they're buying a house, they want to have an estate plan, you know, want to make sure they're planning for the future. Um, one of the things I really want to focus on and trying to is younger families who are just making that home purchase and they don't have a will. And people learned that in the last two years during COVID that, you know, you need to have an estate plan no matter what kind of a size of the estate you have. Gotcha. All right. So again, a very natural hand in hand in hand, hand in glove fit between the title company clients needing the legal services. Yes. Very, very, very tied together. Um, and people keep telling me that all the time. Like, oh, you have this base. You don't need to do this, this, and this. You have all these clients already that you can you know, market to and work with. And I've really been trying, that's really clicked in the last year. I've been trying to, you know, focus on that more and try to really do that. Well, it's, I mean, there's so many things that talk to us about, like, don't worry about a product, find an audience that needs something and then you sell what they need. And so in this situation, I mean, you've got the benefit of building the audience through a client base, but obviously you're listening to what it is that they need from you, you know, on top of title insurance, on top of the, the title transfer, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's really cyclical. You know, either, you know, it's 
you buy a house, then someone passed away, and then they have to do probate, or you know, there's probate and they're trying to sell the house, and they need you know to do the title work. Um, you know, same with estate planning; it all goes hand in hand. Um, so those are really why folks in those practice areas, because it's all a lot of times the same people, or you know, they need the need, they have the same needs, they don't realize they do. Totally. <clears throat> I mean, it's interesting because from my perspective, like legalese started because Jordan Law needed legalese more so than like my clients mm -hmm. don't really need legalese. In your situation, it comes right from the clients. But like, I always love, I, I always find that you get kind of the best understanding of your audience when either you are your ideal client or you're coming out with this, you know, secondary offering for the clients you already have. Have you found that to be almost, I don't want to say easier, but maybe easier to start market, you know, figuring out who Mark Brown PA is really going to help having the clients to the title company first? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, that's, like I said, during COVID, I really sat down, you know, was home a lot. I had our second baby right March 12th, um, 2020. So right when COVID oh, started, everything shut down. I'm like, what am I going to do? I thought, you know, the housing market was being done. I thought everything was going to shut down. And I'm like, oh, this is a need right here. All these people who don't have, you know, estate planning documents, they need that. And, you know, I need to really focus on that. And I have all these, these database of clients from, you know, the closings and, you know, past work that I needed to really work with. Dude, that's crazy. March 12, 2020. Like, talk about, I guess you, I guess maybe you could have been the 11th. Like, that might have been the first day that we were like, COVID's a real thing. But man, that's, uh, talk about being there at the beginning of the experience. So, okay, here's, so here's how I want to break this down. Cause obviously, look, most of the people listening and watching aren't going to be a real estate probate, um, estate planning and title company. It's just going to be a lawyer overseeing two different businesses. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about your role inside of the two companies to see how similar and how different it is. So when it comes to the title company, like what's your day-to-day -day role like? Um, now my day-to-day -day role is you know, obviously very different than when I first started. Um, but now it's really just overseeing everything. You know, I, I check in with my team every day. Um, you know, I review our, you know, our closing, you know, list, a calendar and think, see what's going on, try to you know, project, you know, finances and stuff like that as well. Um, but really, unless there's an issue or there's some kind of, you know, crazy legal issue that comes up with those matters, I don't, I'm not on top of it a lot, unless there's certain clients that we want to make sure that, you know, I'm involved and they see or they ask for me. Um, but really it's more overseeing the whole, the whole picture. Well, it, it obviously having that business operating for 40 years, like there are staff that probably were there on day one that had been doing it longer than, you know, you've been doing it at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, so I have, um, one, one of my paralegals, you know, she, she was there with him for about 25 years. So she came, you know, they wanted to make sure they had the job. It's funny because I've always thought, oh, they're not going to want to stay a new person, but it was the opposite. They wanted to make sure they were still going to have a job. He wanted to make sure they would. And it was silly for me to even think about not, you know, retaining people who have been doing it and know everything better than I do. Um, you know, the attorney was, like I said, he's, he was in his eighties. So everything was a little old school. He didn't even have a website, you know, software, everything was older. So I'm trying to really update all that. And, you know, it's hard for them to catch on with that too. Like they've been, you know, trying to figure out certain things, but in general, it's been, you know, it's been good that they have that experience as well. I mean, you were able to get all Florida title company. So I think that was good. I was figuring that would, uh, yeah. I was figuring they would have had that, but makes total sense. So I, I want to, I'll transition to the law firm in a second, but you said something that I really wanted to expand upon a little bit. You talked about your, your job has changed quite a bit. And obviously from like that day one opening, or I guess day one buying the company to now, what has been the biggest change for you? I know you talked about kind of pulling back and let, and trusting the employees, but like kind of walk me through that from 
either your mindset or like what you had to learn to be able to take that step back? Well, it's definitely mindset. A lot of it where at first I'm like, Oh, I gotta be on top of it. I gotta be there every day. You know, I, I was worried about, you know, coming in later, leaving early. Um, I wanted, it was an appearance thing too, but also like I said, I have two young kids. I want to be with them. I want to be able to make sure I know, you know, the same thing. So you're, you're traveling with your son. We have, you know, two boys that they're involved in activities and things. Um, so it got to the point where I'm like, I got to do something. So I'm not just working 12 hours a day and I never get to be home for the kids and stuff. I make sure at the point I take them to school a lot of times I'm home to cook dinner a lot of the days. And, you know, it's really mindset more than ability. I think that it was what changed. I love that. All right. So now from the law firm perspective, I mean, obviously this is the one that's tr like, at least at the very beginning, truly you like you've got to be the attorney. It still is still is okay i mean i pretty much do everything i do all the calendar i do all the scheduling um i use a lot of um virtual assistance as far as drafting you know pleadings and documents and research and writing i have a couple you know virtual paralegals things like that i use but other than that i do it all i you know it's been tough but also i, I haven't got to the case so yet to where i needed to be or where i wanted to be where i have to really worry about bringing someone else in, you know, that's my goal for this year is to, you know, ramp up, hire, you know, grow. Um, but right now, yeah, I am the firm. Makes total sense. So do you find, I mean, maybe it's a mix, but do you find that like you're learning the same things to help you in both companies? Or do you find like there's a little bit of a, of a pull between, you know, what's the next thing I need to know how to do between the two different companies? <clears throat> Um, I think it's the same thing, but it's more getting to that point. Um, you know, with the title company, we had established business, we had the clients, we had the revenue coming in. With the law firm, I want to be able to oversee everything and then take a step back and do more, you know, of a manager role or, you know, oversee things and not be the lawyer all the time, which I don't mind, you know, the legal work, but also, I mean, I think that everybody's goal is to have a business, you know, where you can run it and get everything working the way you want without having to, you know, be on that daily grind constantly. And I think that's, once I get to that point, I see I, it's possible now through the title company, I know that I can work with the law firm as well once I get there. See, that's so interesting because obviously, you know, I think for the majority of the lawyers that we know, I think it's almost like you knew how to be a great lawyer first, then you learn how to kind of market yourself enough to keep the firm going, and then you develop business skills. Whereas for you, it almost seems like the last two were flipped where it was like, you were a great lawyer, you had the business coming in and like, now you're trying to get to the, you know, marketing of a firm. Yeah, it, it's true. Cause I know, like I worked for you know, large firms, I worked for small firms. And one of the things that me, other friends, I'm lost, we always talk about how so many lawyers don't know how to run a business. They might be good at being a lawyer, but they're terrible at running businesses. And, you know, I, I had, you know, one law firm I worked at where they just say, okay, Saturday morning, we have a meeting, no matter what, if there's anything to do, they just want everybody to be in the office just cause they thought everybody had to show face on the weekends. Um, so one of the things I hated, you know, I hated billable hours. So it got to the point where now I have the flexibility where, yeah, I have the income coming in. I have everything coming in from the title company where I can focus on now trying to do the same thing with the law firm. I love it. I can take risks right, but I wouldn't be able to do otherwise because I have, you know, I know I have the revenue coming still luckily from the one business to be able to try to start, you know, growing the second business. I, it's so interesting because I, I never thought about it that way until you were talking about this, but that is, I, I feel like that had to put you on such better footing for your firm to grow off of. 
Like, I feel like for me, I kind of grew too big and then had to cut back to instill like true core business values. Whereas for you, it seems like, you know, better to build the right foundation to expand the firm. Yeah, because one of the things I'm focusing on towards the end of last year, now this year is getting everything in place first, you know, working with Lawmatics, working on different software, get everything ready, and then really ramp up, you know, the advertising, the marketing. And once I have, I know that it can work once I have it ready to go, instead of growing too big and all of a sudden, okay, now I need to have systems in place and, you know, have the right software, things like that. So what are some of the things that you've found to be like the most helpful to you? Like in a very selfish, you know, business owner way of, of multiple companies, what do you find to be the most helpful so that you can remain in your role in two different companies at the same time without, you know, being the bottleneck for everything? Um, the most helpful as far as, um, well, like, so do you find that having like really strong systems in the title company frees you up? Do you find like having you know, outsourced help to draft stuff frees you up. Like, cause obviously you're probably doing two full-time jobs at the same time while still wanting to be a great dad and a great husband. So like, there's gotta be some sort of time balance in there. So what do you, what have you found to be the, the best things that help you have time for all of this and a life? Yeah. I mean, so it would definitely would be having those systems in place with the title company first where like it's a well over machine. Um, you know, I, I have to be involved in it, but it really, I have me able to step back and, and just oversee it all. So now I have the time to, you know, work on cases for the law firm, but also I have the capability to, you know, use these virtual attorneys, things like that, which that really, you know, takes time when they, you know, I can charge them. I mean, they bill me a certain, you know, fee as opposed to when I'm billing my clients, things like that. And I can still go out there and you know, do networking lunches and do different things and the work's still getting done. So along those lines, I mean, what, what, I don't think there is a normal week since, you know, March 11th for all of us, certainly since March 12th for you with the second kid coming in. Uh, but like, what does a normal week relatively look like for you? Um, you know, I, I come to my office pretty much every day, even back, you know, at, so the baby, our second baby was born March 12th. Um, we started freaking out. We're like, oh, our son's gonna be home for a week from school. We thought everything would go back to normal. And then all of a sudden, you know, virtual for the rest of the year. Um, but our office never really closed. So I started coming back you know, pretty full time in May. Um, so now it's, you know, I come in the morning, I try to, the beginning of the week, I try to really get an overview of how many closings we have, how many different transactions we have to take care of. And then I look at the, the law side and I try to make a to-do list every day for the week. This is, you know, these are the cases I want to work on. This is what I need to get done, schedule this deposition, schedule this hearing. And, um, you know, it really not a set schedule at that point, you know, it's just whatever like takes me a day. I try to, um, at least once a week, try to do some kind of networking lunch or try to do something. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's just really whatever, you know, whatever the, the week takes me when the beginning of the week on Monday, I try to plan it out. I think that's so interesting because obviously you've got like, in essence, you've got this requirement for you to oversee the team on the title company. And then from the law firm, you sort of have this blank slate that you're able to kind of, you know, paint mold work with as it goes on. Do you find that to be the case? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I'm, I, I'd like to get more structure as far as the law firm too. You know, I want to get to the point where, you know, I have those systems in place there and like I have the team doing everything there. But like I said, it's just not big enough where I need that yet. But I know the vision of what I want to do because I've seen it with the title side too. So that's, 
that was going to be my next question. So like you find there being certain, at least certain concepts that you are really trying to move over from the title company into the firm. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as, you know, the intake process, you know, really the, the software we use and the calendaring and things like that, just, you know, everything needs to have a process. And everybody preaches processes, do this process, this type of process, but it's true. I mean, if everything's in place. I'll be able to bring in an attorney and they're going to be able right away, you know, jump in and be able to do everything because they're going to know what to do. Um, I'm working with Filoblind, for example, I'm switching to that, even though I don't need it yet. Um, long-term, it's very good as far as, you know, being able to adapt and you know, customize it. So certain things I'm getting in place now in advance. Makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, it's that what you just said there is one of the things that I find the most in talking with successful people is the putting things in place beforehand, whether it's systems, whether it's a program, whether it's whatever. I did not do that. Um, and I guess I learned a ton from that, but mostly it was to do exactly what you're talking about. So I'm glad to see you uh, avoiding some of the pitfalls that I threw myself into stupidly. Well, I mean, that, that was with the title company. Though. I did the same thing. There were certain closing software, different things I used at first. There was that new shiny object and you know, I just kept spending money in different things when I should have focused more on, you know, working on what we had and trying to, you know, set those things up the right way. Um, so I think I've definitely learned that also. All right. So I want to flip this a little bit. Cause I mean, you've, you've talked about mindset a couple times. You've talked about vision, like you've got this set up in place. So if we jump ahead, you know, five years, 10 years, whatever it is down the road, what does, what does your, you know, work life look like? Is there ideas for another company? Is there growing the two that you have here? Like, what does, what does that look like for you? Um, so it's two tier, I guess. And my first goal is to grow the law firm, um, get to a point where, you know, I have a few attorneys working with me, um, really trying to focus on growing estate planning, probate, things like that. But yeah, so I can kind of oversee it the same way I do with the title company. But then also I have some other ideas in the back of my head. Um, you know, I've claimed a couple um, domains to start, you know, because all Florida is a good, good name. So I, you know, thinking about getting my mortgage license, um, trying to get, I have my real estate license as well. So, which I don't use that much, but sometimes I have clients who are looking to buy properties and I can try to you know, help them get the contract out, you know, get, give them a deal on the commission, things like that, but also becoming a real estate broker. So I can kind of really do it all in one, you know, the title, we have the real estate transactional stuff, and then you know, even the mortgage if they want, and then they can come to us to do all the planning after law side. There you go. And again, you go back to it's, it's that same client now through, you know, potentially four different companies. And obviously like we get a, we get a stamp of approval or a, a credibility bump, excuse me, by being a lawyer. So I love that you're harnessing yeah. that in the same vertical. Uh, Greg will correct, maybe Greg will correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's the same vertical. Sounds hearing, right. I mean, I think hearing, that's hearing nothing. I think we're good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So as we get towards the end, I mean, what, is there anything else you want to cover? Anything else you want to make sure that we go over? Any other, you know, tidbits you want to drop for people? Obviously we'll have the, the final nugget of wisdom, the biggest takeaway, but we've got a little bit more time if there's some topic that I'm missing here. I don't know. I mean, I think as far as, you know, my story and, you know, what I'm doing now, I think we've covered most of it. Um, my, my tidbit's kind of the same as my nugget of wisdom, you know, so I don't know if I want to, you know, say it now that I have to come with another one, but um, I don't know if there's anything else that, you know, you guys wanted to focus on as well, but I, mean, I think, you know, this is 
been a good conversation for me too because I I never always take a step back and look back and think what I've done sometimes like oh, I'm so unorganized and everything's just all over the place and then I realize sometimes I actually do have a good plan in place yeah dude I just it is like I mean I guess I'll I'll share my story to kind of go on what you're talking about like I bought a business I bought a company that had no systems and processes that did not have <clears throat> you know a great staff who knew what was going on and there was like you know, it was, it was a different industry anyway, but I learned so much from it having to put that stuff in place because I was drowning as opposed to kind of you coming in with that solid foundation. And I mean, look, everybody makes mistakes and you're learning from it. You're building off of it regardless of what it looks like, but it's just so interesting to me to see the benefit that that can have from a good business foundation, as opposed to the benefit for me, was it not having a good business foundation? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very true. I mean, and, and you know, I didn't know what to expect. There's a chance everything could have been bad. You know, I could have lost all the clients and I had to start from scratch anyways. But luckily that worked out and I, you know, it turned out to be a good decision. But there, there's definitely been bad decisions. And I know about other people have tried you know, buying a book of business from, you know, their lawyer, things like that, where it doesn't really pan out the way it should. Yeah, well, I think the interesting, I mean, look like, you know, uh, traction, coaching, whatever, we'll talk about like your unique selling proposition, your three uniques, whatever it is. I think it's so interesting. It sounds like from the story that you're explaining, it sounds like the former owner was trying to keep a lot of those same uniques, was trying to keep that lawyer owned and operated thing, was trying to keep, you know, the great staff. And so it was really cool to see that be helpful for you, even changing, you know, the face at the top. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it definitely was a good foundation. You know, he had it, obviously he was successful. He did it for a long time, 40, 40 years or so. Um, I think one of the things that also helped was the name too, um, you know, side note, because it wasn't, you know, the law office such and such where, you know, all for our title company, it was a name that I can take over and it didn't, people didn't really necessarily always know who the owner was, you know, it was more dealing with the paralegals and the staff and the closeners and stuff like that. I know. Unlike, unlike those idiots that named their law firm after themselves. They, yeah. Uh, that's like never. Jordan law. Law firm. <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not poking fun at just you, but if I knew I wasn't going to practice law or if I knew I wasn't going to deal with clients like three years in opening my firm, I wouldn't have called it after myself. Yeah. That's something I've thought about a couple of times too, but at this point, you know, to switch is a, maybe one day. Hey, all, all Florida legal services, all Florida law yeah. firm, all Florida. I mean, it's, it, it is a very good name that fits, you know, a number mm -hmm. of other things. And he was, he picked that name because this is back, and you know, before there was the internet, it was the phone book, and that was the first thing that was going to come up in the phone book, and that's you know how he managed to get that name. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, it's not a, it's not AAA. But yeah. All four I like it. I like it. That's great. All right. So um, let me talk. <clears throat> excuse me about our next episode. <clears throat> excuse me. Then we'll come back to that final nugget of wisdom, biggest takeaway. So our next episode is going to air on one twenty-four. So that is next Monday at three thirty, or sorry, at three o'clock Eastern time. So that would put it. We started at twelve thirty. So that would put it at two and a half hours later than you watch this show. Three uh, three o'clock. Sorry guys, three o'clock on one twenty-four with Marco Evans. Marco's going to talk to us about the seven things you're doing wrong when recruiting. Uh, Marco is a mostly legal recruiter, actually also out of South Florida. Um, he's going to give us some insight dealing with people on both sides of the recruiting process. So if you are interested in hiring or interested in finding a new job, this will be a great episode for you to check out next Monday at 3 p.m. All right, Mark, 
I'm not letting you go then without the nugget of wisdom, the biggest takeaway. So this way you didn't have to repeat I mean, I yourself. Think, I mean, well, I think it's something we talked about, you know, this entire episode, but it's getting everything in place in advance, you know, plan, get the systems in place. So you can kind of, you know, have a chance to take an opportunity, take a chance to other things because you know, you already have that you know, foundation. So when you're building this foundation, putting this stuff in place, I mean, are you, how are you coming up with what you need to have in place before you can make this jump? And let me know if that question is convoluted. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, with the title company, it was really learning on the go. Um, you know, I saw the first couple of years, what was working, what wasn't. And at that point, it was already established company. So I was able to slowly make changes. And now the law firm, it's, you know, having the software in place, having all the tasks ready to go, everything in the back end. That way, when the cases come in, it's just, you know, well oiled machine and everything goes from, you know, phase one to the end. So correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you're trying to make it so that like the people become almost plug and play. They've got the, yeah. the system in place for them. Correct. I mean, obviously I want to have good attorneys. I want to have good staff, but yeah, it's just so they can come in and it's not a big learning curve. I know. Cause I, uh, I think, I think you'll echo this with me for those people that have not had larger businesses. If you don't, you, it's easy to know what you have done, but the minute you start expanding, if you don't have an easy way to know what other people have done, then you spend more time trying to figure out if this part of your process has been done or not. And so I love what you're talking about there, having the software in place, the, the tasks, the checklist, you know, whatever the workflow, whatever anybody wants to call it, it will make it so much easier to expand and also to make sure that that person is doing their part of the job correctly. Yeah. Sorry, sure. Because with COVID, for example, you know, you never know when all of a sudden your office is going to shut down or, you know, people aren't going to come in for a couple of weeks and you got to make sure everything can still go forward. Yeah, I know. We had, uh, I, I was lucky to have started my firm before I bought the company. And so I knew like I wanted to be cloud-based especially I started out doing criminal defense. So you're in, you know, 14 different courthouses at any given time. So being able to access files through my phone or a laptop was great. Um, and so that was sort of in the core of our firm. So whatever that was four, four and a half years later when COVID hits, like literally we had a meeting and we're like, all right, everybody take your phones home and uh, we'll see you on Google meet like adios. And it was so much easier than being like, all right, well now we're implementing this whole new system and now you got to do this and you got to scan these files and you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so there's, no, you know, a, a, there is a benefit to trying to remain at the cutting edge of technology as long as you're not spending a ton of time and money jumping from, you know, option to option. Mm -hmm. All right. So for anybody who is watching this on Facebook, you've got a bunch of um, Mark's information here to connect with him, the title company, the law firm. For any of you who are listening to this on uh, the podcast, I would say probably your best bet would be either all, all Florida title company.com, everything spelled correctly, or Mark Brown PA.com as in the professional association put together. And then also um, same thing on Facebook and LinkedIn for Mark Brown PA. So awesome. Any final, uh, any final thoughts to anybody checking in on this? Um, you know, if anybody has any questions, anybody's considering, buying a business, looking to buy a title company or you know, a law firm, something I'm happy to you know connect with you and talk about it too. If anybody wants to talk about the process. There we go. I love it. All right. And along those lines, obviously a big part of what we talked about Mark was how you do all these things and have a life. So we did have last Monday, our uh, 10 tips to a three day work week webinar that is in our free solutions for lawyers 
Buy Lawyers Facebook group. So you'll be able to check that out if you have not already. And then um, Mark's in there as well. So if you want to keep the conversation going, we've got that in the free group. Otherwise, have a wonderful week. And we will see you next Monday at 3 o'clock with Marco Evans on the seven things you're doing wrong when recruiting. Thank you. just a side hustle. Uh, as many of you know, I have a personal injury firm in Orlando, and then obviously I also have Legalese Marketing. And the longer that I've done both these things, the more I get to meet other awesome lawyers who are running multiple businesses, whether it's two, three, four. In some respects, like mine and Mark's, our guest today, the businesses are very complimentary. Uh, he has a title company and a law firm. Obviously for me, a law firm and a marketing company go together. Other times are very different. But I know a lot of our lawyers, listeners, watchers, et cetera, my contacts tend to have either that passion project or that really great idea that kind of doesn't necessarily fit their law firm scope. And so I really want to have Mark on so we can kind of talk through some of those, you know, the balancing act. Obviously, solo lawyers, you're wearing a million hats. As you grow a business, you get to wear fewer hats, but then you add a second business into it and you bring back more hats. So I'm super excited to have this chat. So we called this PB&J, so two things that you know I think go together pretty well, uh, how to balance two businesses and succeed. For those of you that don't know Mark Brown, he is in South Florida. He has been operating the title company since 2017 and then also has a law firm that goes very well hand in hand with the title company um, as well. So while I'm going to have him do a little bit of his brief bio, we'll go way deeper in his story here. But while that's going on, Greg's going to be dropping uh, links to both of Mark's companies and him as well on our Facebook chat. If you're listening to this on the podcast, 
uh, and you want to connect with Mark, it's Mark Brown, M-A-R-C-B-R-O-W-N. There's probably 10,000 Mark Browns, but he's the cool <laughs> one. He's a lawyer in South Florida. So with that, Mark, quick, quick bio, and then we'll go deeper in the story. Sure. Um, I've been practicing since 2006. Um, so when I graduated law school, I was in South Florida. Um, foreclosures, real estate, that was really what was all going on. Um, I jumped back and forth to a few different firms through the years. I did a lot of you know foreclosure work for the banks for about six of those years. And then finally in 20, then in 2016, I was approached by a random email from a business broker uh, about this title company that was for sale. And I was looking to go on my own. I really wanted to try to you know have the freedom, the time to take care of things. I was having a new son born the next year. And um, it worked out. I ended up taking over this title company for an attorney who had it for about 40 years. Um, he was retiring. And you know the rest is history. I started in the January 2017. And I've been building that since. And then now I've been trying to really build um, my affiliated law firm as well, Mark Brown PA. I love it. I want to go deeper in that um, in a little bit, but I do want to talk about our last episode. Our last episode aired uh, last week with Keely Herrick. Keely Herrick, sorry, I am tripping over my words today. Uh, it was a trademarks attorney journey to growing a law practice. Keely has a really interesting background. She actually worked on some soap operas before going to law school. So it was very cool to see how you can tie all those things together and bringing that into your law firm, especially with the trademark practice, two things that don't seem like they go hand in hand, but ultimately have many similar skill sets. All right, so Mark, I gotta, I gotta paint the picture here. So you're sitting at a desk and in comes this email, just totally out of the blue, like just randomly, hey, there's this title company, we think you should buy it. Yeah, I mean, I used to get emails from recruiters all the time, but it was always you know, the same, same jobs. And also it was from a business broker, I don't know, if they were like searching out for just attorneys and it was basically, you know, title companies for sale, um, you know, and I reached out and, and, you know, one thing led to another and ended up purchasing it. That's so interesting. And so what were you doing? Like not at that moment, you know, going through email, but like at that time you were working in another firm. I had actually, I got laid off about six months before that. And I was doing contract work for um, a foreclosure litigation firm down in Miami. And I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. I was driving an hour back and forth every day, commuting. And at that point, I was kind of at a crossroads. And this came up, and I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. Started talking to my wife about it. And you know, we next thing we know, we were, we were doing it. It's so interesting. So for me, I always talk about one of my biggest mistakes being buying another company. Um, for you, I think it's the opposite. I think that's been one of the uh, positive things for you. Am I right? Yeah. So it, it's, I think, one of the things that you know, led me to it was it was a little different than just buying a law firm where it was a book of business. Um, you know, the title company, the name was All Flower Title Company. It had been around for 40 years. Um, the owner had relationships with a lot of investors and clients who were consistently bringing the business over. And one of the things we even did during due diligence was met with all of them and made sure that they were going to continue with us. And you know, they liked me. And that was one of the things that you know sealed the deal that I wasn't going to have to start from scratch and just hope that you know past clients would send business over. So I've got to believe that the the former owner definitely had a specific type of person he wanted to take it over if he's going to you know transfer over the referral relationships too. Yeah, I mean he he liked you know when he met me that you know I was just starting a family you know I've married for six or seven years at that point, but at that point we didn't have any kids yet and you know he he liked that he liked that you know I was excited to you know grow it and you know I liked the staff which one of the things that 
Sedan, the staff that was with me. So he, you know, it just it was a good relationship. We went to lunch a bunch of times, and you know, he really took a liking. There we go. I love it. I know we, um, Victoria Collier being one of the most pro- biggest proponents of this on Facebook, talking about that turnkey business, that turnkey law <laughs> firm. It sounds like you got pretty dang close to that. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was scared obviously at first. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, I didn't even have a lot of title experience. I had a lot of real estate litigation experience, but um, you know, it, it really, I came in there um, from year after year. I've been able to kind of step back more into a management role and less, um, you know, day to day stuff. Especially once you know the team that was in place got to know me and understood that you know I trusted them and they didn't need to, you know, really start again. So if you could mind meld yourself excuse me from right now to like day one of you know mark brown buying a title company what are the couple things that like either you wish you knew or you wish you had focused on earlier or you know something along those lines um i i think that i wish i really focused more on growing the business at that point as as opposed to still thinking you know i'm just a lawyer it's you know a different practice area now and you know going through that motion that's one of the things I've learned from, you know, Max Law, from you guys, all these different, you know, marketing companies to run a business. And that I definitely wish I'd done that at first. It took a few years to really get to that point. What were some of the biggest hurdles in terms of that switch to business or the or the most important things that you learned to help you make that switch? Um, biggest hurdles, I guess, really trusting um, the team and knowing that they could do everything they didn't need to have me on every single file, every single closing, and also the clients that would understand I'm there, I'm a lawyer in the background reviewing everything, but I have a team in place that you know, they can trust and can handle you know, most of the calls and everything that they need to do. So, and I mean, look, I'm, I'm a Florida attorney, but I'm an idiot about most things. I saw you guys had the very nice LinkedIn post this morning that talked about one of the unique things being, you know, being attorney owned and attorney operated. Do you know like what percentage of title companies in Florida have that or? Oh, yeah, so that Florida is unique in that you can just go be a title agent and you know, have a title company. And um, that's one of the things that we're competing with on a day-to-day basis. Because you can be an attorney and do title work. You don't have to have a title company. Um, it's a little different as far as what we can do with marketing and things like that. But I'd probably say about maybe half the title companies are owned by attorneys. Gotcha. And you know, when you have that, you get title company and you get an attorney. Otherwise, you're dealing with, you know, realtors a lot of times who I mean, just have a title company like, here, go use this person who just took a class and now they're a title agent. And I got to be honest, as much as I love passing referrals now, when I bought my house, I was a state attorney. I didn't know anybody. And I can't even tell you what title company I used to buy my house. So, yeah, I, I, mean, think- that, I mean, that's everybody I know. A lot of my friends still, they forget, you know, that's one of the things that you try to embed in people. Look. You want to have a lawyer working with you. You don't pay more for having me involved or my firm involved. You know, you're getting a lawyer to review everything hand in hand. And for I don't know, ninety nine percent of people, I have to imagine your house purchase is the largest amount of money that you are uh, putting on anything. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. So, talk to me about the law firm. So, Mark Brown, PA. Where does that fit into this journey of you, you know, buying the title company and moving into that business owner role? So when I first, you know, started, I, you know, I opened up Mark Brown PA as well. And at that point it was really, um, 
referrals from the title company, people who were just selling their property, they didn't need title insurance, they just needed someone to prepare, you know, their, their seller documents, they wanted an attorney to review the closing statement, things like that. Um, and that was for a few years, how it's really gone. And, you know, I started doing some landlord tenant work, um, some foreclosure work since that's what I had a background in. And then the last year I've really tried to ramp up my marketing, ramp up, you know, everything to try to build a practice now where I'm trying to focus more on estate planning, probate, and, you know, some litigation, but I, I like the transaction work better and not having to go to court anymore. Even though now everything's changed in the last, you know, two years when you can do it all from your office anyways. But That's true. I mean, I, really but I, I love that law firm origin story from the standpoint of you already had these clients that had this need that you could solve as a lawyer that, you know, separate from a title company. Um, but when it came time to grow the firm and switch into, you know, estate planning and, and the more transactional stuff along those lines, where did that come up? Like as far as the time frame or just in No, no. Like what what called you to want to do the estate planning stuff? Oh, it was a natural fit with okay. the title work. A lot of people, you know, they're buying a house, they want to have an estate plan, you know, want to make sure they're planning for the future. Um, one of the things I really want to focus on and trying to is younger families who are just making that home purchase and they don't have a will. And people learned that in the last two years during COVID that, you know, you need to have an estate plan no matter what kind of a size of estate you have. Gotcha. All right. So again, a very natural hand in hand in hand, hand in glove fit between the title company clients needing the legal services. Yes. Very, very, very tied together. Um, and people keep telling me that all the time. You know, oh, you have this base. You don't need to do this, this, and this. You have all these clients already that you can you know, market to and work with. And I've really been trying, that's really clicked in the last year. I've been trying to, you know, focus on that more and try to really do that. Well, it's, I mean, there's so many things that talk to us about, like, don't worry about a product, find an audience that needs something and then you sell what they need. And so in this situation, I mean, you've got the benefit of building the audience through a client base, but obviously you're listening to what it is that they need from you, you know, on top of title insurance, on top of the, the title transfer, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's kind of really cyclical, you know, either, you know, it's, you buy a house, then someone passed away and then they have to do probate or, you know, there's probate and they're trying to sell the house and they need, you know, to do the title work, um, you know, same with estate planning. It all goes hand in hand. Um, so those are really why folks in those practice areas, because it's all a lot of times the same people or, you know, they need, the, they have the same needs. They don't realize they do. Totally. <clears throat> I mean, it's interesting because from my perspective, like legalese started because Jordan law needed legalese more so than like my clients mm -hmm. don't really need legalese in your situation, it comes right from the clients. But like, I always love, I, I always find that you get kind of the best understanding of your audience when either you are your ideal client or you're coming out with this, you know, secondary offering for the clients you already have. Have you found that to be almost, I don't want to say easier, but maybe easier to start market, you know, figuring out who Mark Brown PA is really going to help having the clients to the title company first? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, that's, like I said, during COVID, I really sat down, you know, was home a lot. I had our second baby, right? March 12th, um, 2020. So right when COVID oh, started, everything shut down. I'm like, what am I going to do? I thought, you know, the housing market was being done. I thought everything was going to shut down. And I'm like, oh, this is a need right here. All these people who don't have, you know, estate planning documents, they need that. And, you know, I need to really focus on that. And I have all these, these database of clients from, you know, the closings and, you know, past work that I needed to really work with. Dude, that's crazy. March 12, 2020. Like talk about, I guess you, 
I guess maybe you could have been the 11th. Like that might have been the first day that we were like, COVID's a real thing. But man, that's uh, talk about being there at the beginning of the experience. So, okay, here's so here's how I want to break this down. Because obviously, look, most of the people listening and watching aren't going to be a real estate probate, um, estate planning and title company. It's just going to be a lawyer overseeing two different businesses. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about your role inside of the two companies to see how similar and how different it is. So when it comes to the title company, like what's your day-to-day -day role like? Um, now my day-to-day -day role is you know, obviously very different than when I first started, um, but now it's really just overseeing everything. You know, I, I check in with my team every day. Um, you know, I review our, you know, our closing, you know, list, a calendar and think, see what's going on, try to you know, project, you know, finances and stuff like that as well. Um, but really, unless there's an issue or there's some kind of, you know, crazy legal issue that comes up with those matters, I don't, I'm not on top of it a lot, unless there's certain clients that we want to make sure that, you know, I'm involved and they see or they ask for me. Um, but really it's more overseeing the whole, the whole picture. Well, it, it obviously having that business operating for 40 years, like there were staff that probably were there on day one that had been doing it longer than, you know, you've been doing it at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, so I have, um, one, one of my paralegals, you know, she, she was there with him for about 25 years. So she came, you know, they wanted to make sure they had the job. It's funny because I've always thought, oh, they're not going to want to stay a new person, but it was the opposite. They wanted to make sure they were still going to have a job. He wanted to make sure they would. And it was silly for me to even think about not, you know, retaining people who have been doing it and know everything better than I do. Um, you know, the attorney was, like I said, he's, he was in his 80s, so everything was a little old school. He didn't even have a website, you know, software, everything was older. So I'm trying to really update all that. And, you know, it's hard for them to catch on with that too. Like they even, you know, trying to figure out certain things, but in general, it's been, you know, it's been good that they have that experience as well. I mean, you were able to get all Florida title company. So I think that was good. I was figuring that would, uh, yeah. I was figuring they would have had that, but makes total sense. So I, I want to, I'll transition to the law firm in a second, but you said something that I really wanted to expand upon a little bit. You talked about your, your job has changed quite a bit. And obviously from like that day one opening, or I guess day one buying the company to now, what has been the biggest change for you? I know you talked about kind of pulling back and let and trusting the employees, but like kind of walk me through that from either your mindset or like what you had to learn to be able to take that step back. Well, it's definitely mindset. A lot of it where at first I'm like, Oh, I gotta be on top of it. I gotta be there every day. You know, I, I was worried about, you know, coming in later, leaving early. Um, I wanted, it was an appearance thing too, but also like I said, I, Two young kids i want to be with them i want to be able to make sure i know you know the same thing so you're you're traveling with your son we have you know two boys that they're involved in activities and things um so it got to the point where i'm like i gotta do something so i'm not just working 12 hours a day and i never get to be home for the kids stuff i make sure at the point i take them to school a lot of times i'm home to cook dinner a lot of the days and you know it's really mindset more than ability i think that was what changed i love that all right, so now from the law firm perspective, I mean, obviously, this is the one that's, like, at least at the very beginning, truly you. Like, you've yeah, got to be the attorney. It still is. Still is, okay. I mean, I pretty much do everything. I do all the calendar. I do all the scheduling. Um, I use a lot of um, virtual assistance as far as drafting, you know, pleadings and documents and research and writing. I have a couple, you know, virtual paralegals, things like that I use. But other than that, I do it all. I, you know, it's been tough, but also I, I haven't got to the case yet to where I needed to be or where I wanted to be, where I have to really worry. 
about bringing someone else in. You know, that's my goal for this year is to, you know, ramp up, hire, you know, grow. Um, but right now, yeah, I am the firm. Makes total sense. So do you find, I mean, maybe it's a mix, but do you find that like you're learning the same things to help you in both companies? Or do you find like there's a little bit of a, of a pull between, you know, what's the next thing I need to know how to do between the two different companies? Um, I think it's the same thing, but it's more getting to that point. Um, you know, with the title company, we had established business, we had the clients, we had the revenue coming in with the law firm, I want to be able to oversee everything and then take a step back and do more, you know, of a manager role or, you know, oversee things and not be the lawyer all the time, which I don't mind, you know, the legal work, but also, I mean, I think that everybody's goal to have a business, you know, where you can run it and get everything working the way you want without having to, you know, be on that daily grind constantly. And I think that's, once I get to that point, I see it's possible now through the title company, I know that I can work with the law firm as well once I get there. See, that's so interesting because, you know, I think for the majority of the lawyers that we know, I think it's almost like you knew how to be a great lawyer first, then you learn how to kind of market yourself enough to keep the firm going, and then you develop business skills. Whereas for you, it almost seems like the last two were flipped, or it was like you were a great lawyer, you had the business coming in, and like now you're trying to get to the, you know, marketing of a firm. Yeah, it's true. Because I know, like I worked for you know, large firms, I worked for small firms, and one of the things that me and other friends that were in law school, we always talk about how so many lawyers don't know how to run a business. They might be good at being a lawyer, but they're terrible at running businesses. You know, I, I had, you know, one law firm I worked at where they just say, okay, Saturday morning, we have a meeting. No matter what, if there's anything to do, they just want everybody to be in the office just because they thought everybody had to show a face on the weekends. Um, so one of the things I hated, you know, I hated billable hours. So it got to the point where now I have the flexibility where, yeah, I have the income coming in, I have everything coming in from the title company where I can focus on now, trying to do the same thing with the law firm. I love it. I can and take risks right, but I wouldn't be able to do otherwise because I have, you know, I know I have the revenue coming still, luckily from the one business to be able to try to start, you know, growing the second business. I, it's so interesting because I, I never thought about it that way until you were talking about this, but that is, I, I feel like that had to put you on such better footing for your firm to grow off of. Like, I feel like for me, I kind of grew too big and then had to cut back to instill like true core business values. Whereas for you, it seems like you know better to build the right foundation to expand the firm. Yeah, because one of the things I'm focusing on towards the end of last year now, this year is getting everything in place first, you know, working with Lawmatics, working with different software, get everything ready and then really ramp up, you know, the advertising and the marketing. And once I have, I know that it can work once I have it ready to go, instead of growing too big and all of a sudden, okay, now I need to have systems in place and you know have the right software, things like that. So what are some of the things that you've found to be like the most helpful to you, like in a very selfish, you know, business owner way of, of multiple companies, what do you find to be the most helpful so that you can remain in your role in two different companies at the same time without, you know, being the bottleneck for everything. Um, the most helpful as far as, um, well, like, so do you find that having like really strong systems in the title company frees you up? Do you find like having, you know, outsourced help to draft stuff frees you up? Like, cause obviously you're probably doing two full-time jobs at the same time while still wanting to be a great dad and a great husband. So like, there's gotta be some sort of time balance in there. So what do you, what have you found to be the, the best things that help you have 
time for all of this and a life. Yeah, I mean, so it definitely would be having those systems in place with the title company first, where like it's a well-oiled machine. Um, you know, I I have to be involved in it, but it really I have been able to step back and and just oversee it all. So now I have the time to you know work on cases for the law firm, but also I have the capability to you know use these virtual attorneys, things like that, which that really you know takes time when they, you know I can charge them. I mean, they bill me a certain you know fee as opposed to when I'm billing my clients, things like that. And I can still go out there and you know, do networking lunches and do different things, and the work's still getting done. So along those lines, I mean, what what I don't think there is a normal week since you know March 11th for all of us, certainly since March 12th for you with the second kid coming in. Uh, but like, what does a normal week relatively look like for you? Um, you know, I I come to my office pretty much every day. Even back, you know, at, so the baby, our second baby was born March 12th. Um, we started freaking out. We're like, oh, our son's gonna be home for a week from school. We thought everything would go back to normal, and then all of a sudden, you know, virtual for the rest of the year. Um, but our office never really closed, so I started coming back, you know, pretty full time in May. Um, so now it's, you know, I come in the morning. I try to, the beginning of the week. I try to really get an overview of how many closings we have, how many different transactions we have to take care of, and then I look at the the law side and I try to make. A to-do list every day for the week. This is, you know, these are the cases I want to work on. This is what I need to get done. Schedule this deposition. Schedule this hearing. And, um, you know, it really not a set schedule at that point. You know, it's just whatever like takes me a day. I try to um, at least once a week try to do some kind of networking lunch or try to do something. Um, other than that, yeah, it's just really whatever you know, whatever the the week takes me. When the beginning of the week on Monday, I try to plan it out. I think that's so interesting because obviously you've got. Like in essence, you've got this requirement for you to oversee the team on the title company. And then from the law firm, you sort of have this blank slate that you're able to kind of, you know, paint mold work with as it goes on. Do you find that to be the case? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I'm, I, I'd like to get more structure as far as the law firm too. You know, I want to get to the point where, you know, I have those systems in place there and like I have the team doing everything there, but like I said, it's just not big enough where I need that yet, but. I know the vision of what I want to do because I've seen it with the title side too. So that, that was going to be my next question. So like you find there being certain, at least certain concepts that you are really trying to move over from the title company into the firm. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as, you know, the intake process, you know, really the, the software we use and the calendaring and things like that, just, you know, everything needs to have a process and everybody preaches processes do this process this type of process but it's true i mean everything's in place i'll be able to bring in an attorney and they're going to be able right away you know jump in and be able to do everything because they're going to know what to do um i'm working with file line for example i'm switching to that even though i don't need it yet um long term it's very good as far as you know being able to adapt and you know customize it so certain things i'm getting in place now in advance makes total sense yeah i mean it's that what you just said there is one of the things that I find the most in talking with successful people is the putting things in place beforehand, whether it's systems, whether it's a program, whether it's whatever. I did not do that. Um, and I guess I learned a ton from that, but mostly it was to do exactly what you're talking about. So I'm glad to see you uh, avoiding some of the pitfalls that I threw myself into stupidly. Well, I mean, that, that was with the title company. I did the same thing. There's certain closing software, different things I used at first. It was that new shiny object and you know i just kept spending money on different things when 
I should have focused more on, you know, working on what we had and trying to, you know, set those things up the right way. Um, so I think I've definitely learned that also. All right. So I want to flip this a little bit. Cause I mean, you've, you've talked about mindset a couple times. You've talked about vision, like you've got this set up in place. So if we jump ahead, you know, five years, 10 years, whatever it is down the road, what does, what does your, you know, work life look like? Is there ideas for another company? Is there growing the two that you have here? Like what does, what does that look like for you? Um, so it's two tiered, I guess. And my first goal is to grow the law firm, um, get to a point where, you know, I have a few attorneys working with me, um, really trying to focus on growing estate planning, probate, things like that. But yeah, so I can kind of oversee it the same way I do with the title company. But then also I have some other ideas in the back of my head. Um, you know, I've claimed a couple um, domains to start, you know, because all Florida is a good, good name. So I, you know, thinking about getting my mortgage license, um, trying to get, I have my real estate license as well. So, which I don't use that much, but sometimes I have clients who are looking to buy properties and I can try to you know, help them get the contract out, you know, get, give them a deal on the commission, things like that, but also becoming a real estate broker. So I can kind of really do it all in one, you know, the title, we have the real estate transactional stuff, and then you know, even the mortgage if they want, and then they can come to us to do all the planning after the law side. There you go. And again, you go back to it's, it's that same client now through, you know, potentially four different companies. And obviously like we get a, we get a stamp of approval or a, a credibility bump, excuse me, by being lawyers. So I love that you're harnessing yeah. that in the same vertical. Uh, Greg will correct, maybe Greg will correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's the same vertical. Sounds hearing, right. I mean, I think hearing, that's hearing nothing. I think we're good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So as we get towards the end, I mean, what, is there anything else you want to cover? Anything else you want to make sure that we go over any other, you know, tidbits you want to drop for people? Obviously we'll have the, the final nugget of wisdom, the biggest takeaway, but we've got a little bit more time if there's some topic that I'm missing here. I don't know. I mean, I think as far as, you know, my story and, you know, what I'm doing now, I think we've covered most of it. Um, my, my tidbit's kind of the same as my nugget of wisdom, you know, so I don't know if I want to, you know, say it now, then I have to come with another one, but um, I don't know if there's anything else that, you know, you guys wanted to focus on as well, but I mean, I, I think, you know, this has been a good conversation for me too, because I, I know I always take a step back and look back and think you know, what I've done. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm so unorganized and everything's just all over the place. And then I realize sometimes I actually do have a good plan in place. Yeah, dude, I just, it is like, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll, share my story to kind of go on what you're talking about. Like I bought a business, I bought a company that had no systems and processes that did not have, you know, a great staff who knew what was going on. And there was like, you know, it was, it was a different industry anyway, but I learned so much from it having to put that stuff in place because I was drowning as opposed to kind of you coming in with that solid foundation. And I mean, look, everybody makes mistakes and you're learning from it. You're building off of it regardless of what it looks like, but it's just so interesting to me to see, the benefit that that can have from a good business foundation, as opposed to the benefit for me, was it not having a good business foundation? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very true. I mean, and, and you know, I didn't know what to expect. There's a chance everything could have been bad. You know, I could have lost all the clients and I had to start from scratch anyways, but luckily that worked out and I, you know, it turned out to be a good decision, but there, there's definitely been bad decisions. And I know about other people who've tried you know, buying a book of business from, you know, their lawyer, things like that, where it doesn't really pan out the way it should. Yeah. Well, I think the interesting, I mean, look like, you know, uh, traction, coaching, whatever, we'll talk about like your unique selling proposition, your three uniques, whatever it is. I think it's so interesting 
it sounds like from the story that you're explaining, it sounds like the former owner was trying to keep a lot of those same uniques, was trying to keep that lawyer owned and operated thing, was trying to keep, you know, the great staff. And so it was really cool to see that be helpful for you, even changing, you know, the face at the top. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was a good foundation. You know, he had it, obviously he was successful, he did it for a long time, 40, 40 years or so. Um, I think one of the things that also helped was the name too, um, you know, side note, because it wasn't, you know, the law office such and such where, you know, all for our title company, it was a name that I can take over and it didn't, people didn't really necessarily always know who the owner was. You know, it was more dealing with the paralegals and the staff and the closeners and stuff like that. I know. Unlike, unlike those idiots that named their law firm after themselves. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's like never. Jordan law. law firm. <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not poking fun at just you, but if I knew I wasn't going to practice law or if I knew I wasn't going to deal with clients like three years into opening my firm, I wouldn't have called it after myself. Yeah, that's something I've thought about a couple of times too, but at this point, you know, to switch is a, maybe one day. Hey, all, all Florida legal services, all Florida law yeah. firm, all Florida. I mean, it's, it, it is a very good name that fits, you know, a number mm -hmm. of other things. And he was, he picked that name because this is back in, you know, before there was the internet, it was the phone book. And that was the first thing that was going to come up in the phone book. And that's, you know, how he managed to get that name. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, it's not a, it's not AAA, but yeah. all four times. I like it. I like it. That's great. All right. So um, we talked, <clears throat> excuse me, about our next episode. <clears throat> excuse me. Then we'll come back to that final nugget of wisdom, biggest takeaway. So our next episode is going to air on one twenty-four. So that is next Monday at 3.30, or sorry, at 3 o'clock Eastern time. So that would put it, we started at 12.30. So that would put it at two and a half hours later than you watch this show, three, uh, three o'clock. Sorry, guys, three o'clock on 124 with Marco Evans. Marco's going to talk to us about the seven things you're doing wrong when recruiting. Uh, Marco is a mostly legal recruiter, actually also out of South Florida. Um, he's going to give us some insight dealing with people on both sides of the recruiting process. So if you are interested in hiring or interested in finding a new job, this will be a great episode for you to check out next Monday at 3 p.m. All right, Mark, I'm not letting you go then without the nugget of wisdom, the biggest takeaway. So this way you didn't have to repeat I mean, I yourself. I mean, well, I think it's something we talked about, you know, this entire episode, but it's getting everything in place and advancing your plan, get the systems in place. So you can kind of, you know, have a chance to take an opportunity, take a chance to other things because you know, you already have that you know, foundation. So when you're building this foundation, putting this stuff in place, I mean, are you, how are you coming up with what you need to have in place before you can make this jump? And let me know if that question is convoluted. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, with the title company, it was really learning on the go. Um, you know, I saw the first couple of years what was working, what wasn't. And at that point, it was already an established company. So I was able to slowly make changes. And now the law firm, it's, you know, having the software in place, having all the tasks ready to go, everything in the back end. That way, when the cases come in, it's just, you know, well oiled machine. Everything goes from, you know, phase one to the end. So correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you're trying to make it so that like the people become almost plug and play. They've got the, yeah. the system in place Actually, before them. Correct. I mean, obviously I want to have good attorneys. I want to have good staff, but yeah, it's just so they can come in and it's not a big learning curve. I know. Cause I, uh, I think, I think you'll echo this with me for those people that have not had larger businesses. If you don't, 
you it's easy to know what you have done but the minute you start expanding if you don't have an easy way to know what other people have done then you spend more time trying to figure out if this part of your process has been done or not and so i love what you're talking about there having the software in place the the tasks the checklist you know whatever the workflow whatever anybody wants to call it it will make it so much easier to expand and also to make sure that that person is doing their part of the job correctly yeah very right, sure because with COVID, for example, you know, you never know when all of a sudden your office is going to shut down or, you know, people aren't going to, be able to come in for a couple of weeks and you got to make sure everything can still go forward. Yeah, I know. We had, uh, I, I was lucky to have started my firm before I bought the company. And so I knew like I wanted to be cloud-based, especially I started out doing criminal defense. So you're in, you know, 14 different courthouses at a given time. So being able to access files through my phone or a laptop was great. Um, and so that was sort of in the core of our firm. So whatever that was four, four and a half years later when COVID hits, like literally we had a meeting and we're like, all right, everybody take your phones home and uh, we'll see you on Google Meet, like adios. And it was so much easier than being like, all right, well now we're implementing this whole new system and now you got to do this and you got to scan these files and you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so there's, no, you know, a, a, there's a benefit to trying to remain at the cutting edge of technology as long as you're not spending a ton of time and money jumping from, you know, option to option. Mm -hmm. All right, so for anybody who is watching this on Facebook, you've got a bunch of um, Mark's information here to connect with him, the title company, the law firm. For any of you who are listening to this on uh, the podcast, I would say probably your best bet would be either all allfloridatitlecompany.com, everything spelled correctly, or markbrownpa.com, as in the professional association put together. And then also um, same thing on Facebook and LinkedIn for Mark Brown PA. So awesome. Any final, uh, any final thoughts to anybody checking in on this? Um, you know, if anybody has any questions, anybody's considering buying a business, looking to buy a title company or, you know, law firm, something, I'm happy to, you know, connect with you and talk about it too. If anybody wants to talk about the process. There we go. I love it. All right. And along those lines, obviously a big part of what we talked about Mark was how you do all these things and have a life. So we did have last Monday, our uh, 10 tips to a three day work week webinar that is in our free solutions for lawyers by lawyers, Facebook group. So you'll be able to check that out if you have not already. And then um, Mark's in there as well. So if you want to keep the conversation going, we've got that in the free group. Otherwise have a wonderful week and we will see you next Monday at three o'clock with Marco Evans on the seven things you're doing wrong when recruiting. Thank you.